On today's show, what do the Warriors need to do to win the NBA title? What did the Celtics need to do to force a Game 7? Plus, we got rumors all across rumors. the NBA. Where's DeAndre Ayton going? Where's Rudy Gobert going? Where's Jeremy Grant going? All kinds of stuff on today's Locked On NBA. Let's get it. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you're locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow is to comment below. Let us know, are we getting a game seven in the NBA finals? Let us know where you think some of these players are going to go in trades when we talk about it. Today's episode is brought to you by, whoo, it's a good one, Arcade One Up. They're giving away three NBA Jam Shack Edition machines. You know the NBA Jam you used to play, like the arcade console? They're giving it oh, three of them away. Stay tuned later in the show to learn how to enter. And joining me, as always, on a Thursday, host of Lockdown Bowls, what you got for me, Pat the Designer? Uh, send help. <laughs> Tornadoes are real. It's like you're, it's like you're on the dunes of Tatooine right now. Hey man, listen, I'm 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 an extra in Obi One right now. Nobody <laughs> knows it though. Oh man, Pat is dealing with uh, they're dealing with some tornadoes in Chicago, and so Pat is at his your mom's house. I'm at mom's house. I've moved back in and uh, <laughs> I've gained three pounds. <laughs> So and he's got the the couch behind him with the sheet over it. Classic mom's house. I I don't want to know why the sheets on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> on today's show, we're gonna get into the NBA Finals. Game six is tonight. If you're listening, watching this on a Thursday, we're gonna talk about what the Warriors need to do, what the Celtics need to do. Then we'll get into some trade rumors, all kinds of trade rumors. DeAndre Ayton likely playing somebody somewhere else. Rudy Gobert, there's talking about trade packages. Jeremy Grant. All kinds of trade rumors. Then we'll get into our favorite segment every week where we count out the most fun, interesting things in and around the NBA. Let's start with the finals, though. The Golden State Warriors take a 3-2 lead in Game 5 and kind of a convincing win for the Golden State Warriors. Now they move on to this Game 6. Pat, what do the Warriors need to do to end it? To end it in Game 6 on the road? Here's the big thing, right? For me, it's about... Where are the role players going to show? We know what Steph's going to bring. I mean, Steph's been bringing it the entire series. He said, Mr. Defensive Player of the Year, let me show you how much uh, I, I respect that award. Uh, we know Clay, Game 6 Clay, that name could be there. Now, if he snaps off, that's a whole different thing. But what's Jordan Poole going to do? What's Gary Payton going to do, right? These guys have never been in this closeout situation. We've got to, we've got our foots on your necks. Can they finish it off? That's the most intriguing thing. Andrew Wiggins played like a superstar in game five, but can he finish it off in game six that same way? If they come in there and they get all the help in the world, it's going to be tough for Boston to, to, to really withstand it, right? But, but I think that that's going to be the biggest thing are they going to step up? Because it's not only a closeout game, but it's a closeout game in your opponent's building. You know Paul Pierce is coming with the collar up. <laughs> Paul Pierce you is going with the jacket, the collar up. Those role players for the Warriors are, are massive because the Warriors don't just have role players. Like Their role players are Clay, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, like they, yeah. even Jordan Poole, who was yeah. one of the, the leaders for most improved. Did he finally win most improved, I guess? But 
Like did he? Did he? I they, don't, these no, guys, uh, John Morant won, right? These guys are these guys would be like star type level players and have yeah. been stars in the past with Clay and and I guess Wiggins was an was an all star starter. But these guys are such overqualified role players, but they are still role players for this team because of Steph Curry and how good Steph Curry is and where they fall in the, in line in the hierarchy. They just need a couple of those guys to pop off. That's yeah, what, that's and- that's what they need. Yeah, and the biggest one's got to be Draymond, right? You, I don't know if it's the tweet where your mom calls you out. I mean, listen, mom called you out on the tweet. You got to do something, right? Right? But, <laughs> but you, 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 you saw him play a completely revitalized game in Game Five, where you're looking at him and you're like, "Oh, that looks more normal." I can understand what's going on here. That looks like Draymond Green. I think he's got to figure out how to keep that going into game six. He's the key yeah. to starting it all. If he gets going, you you get Jordan Poole involved. You get uh, uh, Gary Payton Jr., Clay Thompson. That's how you get the game six clay. A lot of those game six clay moments are off of Draymond Green's screen and or pass. And for Draymond, a lot of people have made a lot a big deal about his scoring. It's not it has that has nothing I, to do with I care anything. nothing about that. It's his rebounds and assists. It's literally yes. what it comes down to is is he getting boards? Is he getting is he dishing out assists? Is he being is he being productive? Because that, that's the way he's productive. He's not a scorer. He's he had a really good move where he like faked out what was it, Robert Williams or Horford <laughs> and dunked on the rim. Like that one looked really good, but that yeah. doesn't happen, right? The threes, we talked about his threes last week. And he keeps putting them up. And I'll, I'll give my theory about his threes again this week. Draymond Green's threes are literally just, okay, I'm wide open. I have to take this for the mentality of my team to yeah. keep taking these open threes. Everybody yeah. has to do it. Everybody has, everybody but Looney has to take these wide open threes when they get them. And I think it's just more about mentality. So what do the Warriors need to do? They have to have these, these uh, role players, at least a couple of them step up. But I've, I've been proven wrong in this series that – I didn't think Steph Curry could have one of those games where he could just put the team on his back. And he did that in game four, like in game four, he had 43 points. Now he had 18 from clay and 17 from Wiggins with 16 boards. Like that, that matters. They still need that, but he still put this team on his back. So does he have one more of those? Does he have one more of those games? Cause if he does, then you only need, a, you only need like one or two role players to step up. If he doesn't, and he just has, like a ho hum thirty point game, right? Like, like <laughs> just just a normal thirty bomb in his in his bag. Then then you need less. But on the Celtics side of things, I've been listening to a lot of John Corrales. He was on this Locked On NBA podcast yesterday. Locked On Celtics, incredible show. The, what the Celtics need to do to force a game seven is literally do not pull down your pants, squat, and just take a poop on the court. Like, I feel like that is what they do. They just, they take themselves out of games so often because they they literally just defecate on their own game. They have all these plans, all these schemes, all this yeah. stuff, and then they turn the ball over 18 times. And that's when they lose. That's when they lose. It's, they, they almost... John gets in trouble with other with other fans, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it again. I'll probably get in trouble uh, with other fans. Does the Celtics beat themselves more than other teams beat them? The Heat in in those games, the you know the Bucks in some of those games, like this, the Celtics just beat themselves, and you wonder if some of it is fatigue. You wonder if some of it is just inexperience because this is their first finals. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals a lot, but they haven't been to the finals a lot. They just have to take care of the ball and execute. It's literally like what it comes down to because this team is so physical, so athletic, so talented, and they've found ways to win some of these games against the Warriors, but that's what they got to do and and find and maybe find a little magic, right? Maybe find a little magic like they did in game 1. Well, I think I think the biggest thing is right like your 
biggest player who's been consistent. I think, listen, Celtics fans, we, we've had our beef, right? But I think we all can agree <laughs> on this. Jalen Brown's been the best player on the court for the for the Boston Celtics in this series. Mm. Jalen Brown, to me, has been the most consistent player on the court. But because of that, Jalen Brown's the one player on the court who's handled, like literally Jalen Brown and, and Zach Levine shop at the same store on 2K for handles. Like it, it's it's not it, like he can do everything, but his handle isn't there and it causes him to turn the ball over. And sometimes he's making some bad decisions. And that's kind of what gets the ball rolling on the turnover mark where we Jason Tatum has played. He absolutely played a much better game in game uh, uh, um, five, game four. five. Okay, where are you at? Seven. Who's on first uh, in game five here? But. When you look at the series as a whole, right, Jason Tatum game in and game out hasn't been the guy that they can go to down the stretch. And so they've been going to Jalen Brown. You're seeing a lot of those turnovers from the team. You're seeing a lot of those moments where the ball's going the other direction. It's hard to win basketball games when you've got 18 turnovers in a game. Like it's it. all it's almost impossible. I, I think I, I think the Warriors actually did it one game in this playoffs, I'll, if I'm I'll, not mistaken. I'll check double on. double check that. I think that didn't the Warriors have a really high turnover game versus like Memphis or something, and they still pulled it out. But it's 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 one of those things where it's almost impossible for you to to uh, 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 you're operating from behind the eight ball from the very beginning of the game. And you've got to figure out how to kind of. Get that part of it together. It's like I agree with John on that. If they literally just don't shoot themselves in the foot, it's going to be tough for Golden State to win in Boston. The most turnovers ever in a play in a is this a playoff? Yeah, in a playoff game. 1984, New Jersey Nets turned it over 28 times and they won the game. They won the game. <laughs> Good grief! I know who 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 were they playing? <laughs> the, six, <laughs> like, the Sixers. Uh, what they turn it over 30? <laughs> <laughs> was it was it like the what's the what's the uh, what's the clown music? just giving it back and forth to each other like chainsaws being thrown. <laughs> Hey, what's going on there? Good Lord. 20, 20, 20 28, 28 turnovers in a game. Um, what was it? You, you mentioned Jason Tatum. I have, I have, I have this real interesting thing I've been thinking about is that we talk about how these two way wings mm -hmm. are such a positive with Tatum and Brown. They can defend super high level. They can play offense in a super high level. You wonder if, if those guys are being just asked to do too much, because there's just a certain level where if you're asked to be guarding the best player on, on defense, and then you're asked to make the bucket on offense. Yeah. It's like, you're asking them to, they can, they can handle it through a couple games, but can they handle it? They're about to play. They they're about to play their 24th game. And if they go to game seven and be their 25th game, I think we were talking about this earlier today, the record for most games played in a one, in one playoff run is 26. Like yeah. they are getting there, and that was the the Celtics in two thousand eight. So they're getting to the, the the most amount of games ever played in a playoff run. So it's gonna be where can they find that extra? <clears throat> like just give me that extra because they're gonna be asked to do they're asked to do a ton. They've been doing a ton. They've been guarding guys like Butler. They've been guarding guys yeah. like Giannis. Like they've been doing it, and uh, and yeah. So game six coming up tonight. Be fascinating to see who wins that. If the Warriors do, then hey, there's there's the champs right there. But coming up, rumors. There's trade rumors everywhere that guys are possibly moving all over the NBA. Aiton, Rudy Gobert, Jeremy Grant, we'll talk about all those coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. I have one right here. I got one right here. I want one. The brownie batter puff. 
It's delicious. I love this bar so much. I would rather eat this bar than a lot of candy bars, honestly. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar. And that's why. That's why I would rather eat that than a candy bar. First of all, I actually think it tastes really good. And then the sugar, there's only seven grams of sugar in it. So we're getting older. All of us getting older. Some of us have kids. Like you got you got to take care of yourself. Built bars are a way you can take care of yourself without hating yourself. <laughs> right? Like you don't have to eat some of these protein bars that are too chewy and chalky and they taste terrible. And you're like, this is supposed to taste good. Why is this called like a chocolate, chocolate explosion? And then it's just like terrible. Built Bar is not that. So go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Right now, the mud pie puffs are going to be available. There's a countdown as I'm recording this for five hours. So by the time you're listening to this, um, the okay by the time you're listening to this the um they'll be available so go check them out it's built.com use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your entire order at built.com the ultimate nba mock draft starts june 16th with over 50 insiders nothing equals the ultimate nba mock draft the locked nba big board it we just recorded it last night it's incredible stuff it's available right now if you're listening watching this Go check it out. The ultimate NBA mock draft. We made the picks. Check them out right now. All right, Pat. We're taking a turn here. Here we go. According to Shams Sharania, the Houston Rockets are finalizing a deal to trade Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks. We don't know what the we don't know what the deal is right now. Wait. But- What's is that your, legit? Just happened as we're recording this. That so, literally just happened just right happened. now. Well, there goes my Kobe White deal. <laughs> What's your... What, Whoa! My, my initial reaction to the matter. Your initial reaction. It doesn't matter my, to me. You're the Dallas guy. <laughs> literally don't know any more information about this. This is fun. Christian Wood has been somebody that the Mavericks have kind of been looking at. He was part of their training camp roster a couple years ago, and he's a guy that fits some of the things that they want to do. They want to have this bullpen approach to the center position where they have a bunch of guys that do different things. Um, The Mavericks are sending the 26th pick over to the Houston Rockets and multiple players. They're going to have to match $14 million in salary there. Christian Wood is a guy that can pick and roll, pick and pop. Luka Doncic is going to make this guy look incredible on offense. The thing with Christian Wood, he defends out on the perimeter. Well, he does not defend at the rim very well. And so the Mavs are going to have to figure that out, which is something they really struggled with. I'm not sure if they're getting their rim protector that they want, but the thing with Christian Wood is that, is it Luca's going to make him look awesome? And is he going to buy into the system? This Mavericks team was the, as good as they were last year and got to the Western Conference Finals because they sent away Kristaps Porzingis, who was kind of not bought in. He he did his part, like he he marched to the right he marched to the right spots, right? But he didn't march with purpose necessarily. Yeah. And Jason Kidd got all of those guys to march with purpose. He they knew exactly where they were going. They knew what their roles were. And is Christian Wood going to buy into that on this team? And and I I love this move, unfortunately not to my Bulls, but I do love this move (laughs) because uh, Christian Wood's a guy who can, didn't do it a ton, right, but can step outside and knock down a three ball. I'm assuming you're probably sending back some variation of your shooting bigs uh, uh, um, and I, I, like we said, we're, we're finding this out as it's we just, go. I'm, yeah, the only thing we know I'm is that Christian Wood is going to the, the Mavericks and the, the 26th pick is going yeah. to the Rockets. It doesn't seem like anything else is consequential, but we'll see. So, but you're probably talking about you, now you're starting th- your your big three, if we want to call it that. Brunson, Luca, and Wood. Do you feel like that's going to be enough to get the job done 
in the Western Conference Finals. Brunson looked like he had the flashes. It's about can he put it together on a consistent basis in the playoffs. We know what Luka's going to bring. That pick and roll is going to be disgusting because <laughs> Christian Wood is still a high flyer on the floor. I think you guys are going to – I think you're going to get that 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 one-two combination that you really want, but it doesn't bog down the court. How do you feel about that – That the three – whoa, don't say that, Pat. Relax. Uh, how do you feel about the trio <laughs> – the trio, I said trio <laughs> of uh, Brunson, Luca, and what? What got happened? What just happened? What got traded? My heart. What it, got traded? My heart. No. Will, my heart will continue, but Boban. The Boban Bobons. era in the for the Dallas Mavericks is over. They're sending Boban Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris in the twenty sixth pick. They have to make salaries match, and so yeah, they're literally yeah, yeah. they're literally losing nothing. Sterling Brown wasn't getting any time. He was a theoretical yeah. player for them. Marquise Chris was a theoretical player for them, and uh, and Trey Burke had. I like this for both sides a little actually. bit, but okay. So let's take a look. So we talked about the Mavericks side and what this means for the Mavericks, but on the Rockets side of things, what the Rockets are getting is they're getting another shot. Yeah. They, they, that's what they want. And all of a sudden now this Rockets team has the uh the what is it? The third pick. They have the 17th pick and now they have the 26th pick and they can, you know, package those to get somebody else if they really want to make a move right now to build around Jalen Green and if they yeah. get Paolo or if they get Chet or if they get Jabari, then all of a sudden you have a couple of assets to do that or to get a win now player. Yeah, and and you know what? I I I like this move for Houston, because at this point, right, you feel good about Jalen Green. Uh, you know you're still a long way away. You're trying to find guys that are going to work, which is the reason why it, I, a similar trade that I thought the Bulls could send was a Kobe White down there for 18. You're taking a chance on young guys that really haven't shown you a ton right here. Sterling Brown's going to get an opportunity. That much I guarantee you. I like Chris over there. I think this is a good move for Houston, and they get the pickback on top of that. And on top, like Christian Wood, you could tell last season he wasn't a part of the equation. For oh, for sure. You like like they they got to a point where they were like, hey, like aren't you over 19? Yeah, we don't want you to play that much anymore. So so I think this is a move where they're going to get an opportunity to try some guys out, see what they like, see what they don't like, and they get the draft pick on top of that. They're trying to rebuild this thing through the draft. Good move on both sides. I'm, I, I don't think the process really works, but uh, if you want to build your team through the draft by being awful, this is the best way to do it. <laughs> and now they get another shot at it, so good for them. And they, they get another draft asset to do something with. Maybe they'll pick somebody. Maybe they'll... Uh, maybe they'll pick a center. Maybe he's going to be as good as Christian Wood. But the, the real the real question is, how long will it take you to get over Boban? Oh, I. Boban. It's going to take a while. He was at the. And da- you got to watch the commercials the rest of the finals. Oh no, he, <laughs> he was literally at the Dallas Wings game today. They had like an afternoon game, and he took a picture with Satu Sabli, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I love having Boban around. So it- <laughs> Boban. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's sadness. okay. It's sad. Moment of silence for Boban. Thank you very much. <laughs> but this is a this is an interesting move for the Mavericks. I don't know if their defense got much better, but maybe maybe Christian Wood buys in a little bit more. Maybe Sean Sweeney can teach him, you know, and, and put him in a better system than he's played with before. Like Christian Wood, where has he even he's played with the Rockets the last couple of years? Yeah. He was with the Pistons before that. Um and he wasn't getting used much on any of those teams. No, he, Rockets he, is Pistons are you talking that, about Sterling? No, I'm talking about Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Okay, Christian Wood. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so in very a very interesting move. We're literally getting it right now. Like we literally just got it. We're, we're we're just up <laughs> updating Twitter at this point. Honestly, like we're just sitting here. Like if you're watching on the YouTube side, we apologize, but we're literally <laughs> looking down, just updating Twitter for the next I news. Know. I mean, I mean, here's here's the the biggest question with this whole thing, right? And I'll ask you. You the guy that watches them closely. What is it about Christian Wood that puts you over the top of some of these other teams? Do you feel like this is a move that does that? I feel like it's a move that gives them potential because now all of a sudden your offense needed that extra. Okay. Dwight Powell looks great in moments where you're using him as a pick and roll center, but yeah, you went three rounds in the playoffs and every single round you're like, ah, this isn't the, this isn't the series for Dwight Powell. Nah, this isn't yeah. the series for Dwight Powell. Yeah. Christian Wood can be a guy has the tools to be the guy where it, it, it works. Now his rim production has got to get better. His defense has got to get better. He's pretty good defending out on the perimeter. So that helps. Like, that's something the Mavs want to do. They want to still be switchy. They still are switchy with Christian Wood. This is not getting, this is not getting like, you know, a guy that can't switch on, on yeah. like, like getting yeah, a, yeah. a Steven Adams or somebody like that. So, well, I think that's the interesting part. I think that's the interesting part with it, right? Because to me, right, in the West Coast, how many post up bigs is he going to be dealing with in the paint? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to be, yeah, I, I'm assuming there's another big guy coming in there somewhere to help with paint protection. At least I, I would hope. Um, but I, I feel like this is the perfect guy for the West Coast, right? Like, if AD comes back, he's going to be able to play up on AD. Um, uh, I, I ain't say it was gonna, he was going to win. I said he's going to have the ability to. Uh, <laughs> if it, it, Jokic plays a lot up top as well as he's facilitating, you know what I'm saying? I feel like in the West Coast with the bigs that are out there, he'll be able to kind of maybe Jeremy Grant goes over there. Like, he'll be able to, to compete with those level of guys. I hope so. and still be able to play and not get played off the floor like some of exactly. the map centers were when you're playing against a fast team like the Warriors. So yeah, fascinating. Did not expect that. Uh, <laughs> but he, but here we are. I'll go over and check out Lockdown Maps. I'm sure we got stuff uh, already ready for you by the time I get this episode up. So go check it out. And then uh, coming up, let's get into some of these trades. We talked about some of these other guys. Let's go ahead and throw them out, and then we'll do a couple oh, of well. of uh, counted up segments. <laughs> You're so flustered. <laughs> oh my gosh. He lost Bobby. He's so flustered right it, now. Like, it hurts my heart to lose Bobby. All right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Let bad. me tell you something. We have big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Pat, give me a boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Arcade One Up, the leader in at home retro gaming, is not only bringing the best game ever back, they've made it bigger than ever with a Shaq edition. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my signed Shaq Orlando Magic magazine back there. Love Shaq. Go check it out. Um, Arcade1up.com. People are obsessed with NBA Jam. I love NBA Jam. It's one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Go check it out. Pre order now from Arcade1up.com. That's Arcade, the number one up. Dot com for an estimated early September ship date. You can get these, and these are not going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. Like you'd expect some of these stand up, like floor arcade machines to cost you thousands. Some of them that they have, Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and others, start at just $399. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine to a lockdown listener. At least three. They're giving away three. So for an enter, enter for a chance to win, go to arcade1up.com slash lockdown. Arcade, the number one up.com slash lockdown to go get it. Get that council today. Get NBA Jam in your house and back in your life. All right, Pat. Now that we got our whole podcast just flipped upside down. I know, right? <laughs> right in the middle of this. 
Uh, let's talk about some of these trade rumors. Let's throw some of them out. DeAndre Ayton is likely playing somewhere else, according to John Hollinger. What's your initial reaction to DeAndre Ayton not playing in Phoenix next year? I thought he was coming to Dallas. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, wait, what's that cap situation look like? Y'all pulling that one off? 30 <laughs> mil, though. 30 mil on DeAndre Ayton. I, I, I'm not surprised uh, by I'm not surprised by Phoenix moving off of him because when they've needed to go to him most, there's been a lot of times where he hasn't shown up. I'm surprised at how I'm always surprised at how quickly the NBA is willing to give up on somebody, though. But it's also because $30 million would have to come attached to him. DeAndre Ayton probably isn't saying yes to less, given what we know about the whole situation down there with Marty Williams and him and just how he didn't feel like he was being utilized properly. He was probably leaving there anyway. Um, now I really don't know what team is really going to fit him. Like I, I really thought DeAndre Ayton to Dallas was a lock. I don't know if that's the case. If you've got no, it's Christian done now. Wood there's there. no, I don't think there's a chance cause they don't have yeah. to pick to trade. Yeah. I, I, I have, I, I have no idea who, who he even fits with now. Right. Like don't well, there, there's a bunch of there, there's some options, right? There's there's a Pistons kind of a package. There's like yeah. a package you could get from the Hawks that seems to be thrown down, thrown around for everybody. The yeah. Hawks seems to be one. But is is Clint Capella to DeAndre Ayton? Is that that much of an upgrade where you're going to give up a bunch of stuff that the Suns want? And you're probably losing John Collins in that situation. Yeah, you, I would assume. Like you, you're losing. For Ayton. Is that worth it? I'm, it I be. mean, I, I I don't that pick and roll would be disgusting. But but it's. What does putting DeAndre Ayton in the role of being the guy, right? You're paying him $30 million, You're saying you're going to be the guy on this team next to whoever it is, Trey Young. What does putting him in the role of being the guy look like? Does that better? Is he able to handle that well? I think that that's an interesting uh, uh, thing for, for the Hawks to explore, but you're losing a lot if you're the Hawks. Yeah, and speaking of the Hawks, Rudy Gobert is one that comes out right now, and there's a, a rumor going around from Sean Devaney that the – Jazz want a star player, a young prospect, and then also draft picks as well. You start going around and saying, who even has that to offer that wants a Rudy Gobert? Now, could they get, could the Hawks get that? That seems to me more of an upgrade than going from Capella and and Collins to Aiton. Like, Clint Capella to Rudy Gobert. At least you're saying, we're going all in on something. We're going all in on a guy that's just going to help our defense because we have the, the most maybe defense inept like point guard in the NBA. Yeah. Well, the the problem is right. Like, I don't think it upgrades Rudy. The the question mark there because of what you're sending back, right? Like, if, if it's Rudy next to John Collins and uh, you've got that front court set up where where there's actually a defensive scheme there, yeah, I'm all in for it. But when you're talking about Rudy Gobert going there and you're sending pretty much everybody else back. Now you've got the same scheme that that uh, Utah has, which is just, hey, Rudy, get that. <laughs> You got that? All right, cool. Yeah, really right. appreciate that for you. Like that's that's the whole scheme in in Utah with with the defense. Like the next best really? defenders, who old Mike Conley? Yeah, you know I mean, so I I I feel like the question mark there is, and and this is the thing that I I've, I've said about Rudy. I like Rudy when Rudy takes more than ten shots a game. He puts up nineteen to twenty seven points. That is ridiculous. The thing is, he only takes ten shots a game. Almost never. He only gets like. Yeah, I think he did it 19 times this season. You have to turn Rudy into a $40 million player. Can you get Rudy Gobert 10 shots in your offense where he can have that level of impact? Oh, That's the I question think, I think that Trey, you got to ask. Trey Young in a pick and roll is way better than, than 
especially like passing and distributing compared to <laughs> to Donovan Mitchell. To Donovan Mitchell. Why? It's Why? Because he because he's gonna give go bear the ball when Jalen Brunson's on him in the post. Is that what, <laughs> is that what you're saying to me? Yeah. I'm saying the court vision may be a little bit more expanded than the, I, the where it was in Utah. But I would agree. Uh, yeah. So that that's Rudy Gobert. A couple others that are, are floating around. But let's get into our my favorite episode. Let's get into our favorite segment every single week. You're so count flustered up, by both. Count it up, where we count out the most fun, interesting things in the NBA. The first one I want to talk about. You've seen this video, right? Yeah. Of fake Clay. Like literally yeah. the guy that looks like Clay, that dresses up like Clay, goes to games, and he walks right through security. I I went to San Francisco. I went to Chase Center for games one and two of the uh, Western Conference Finals. And so right where he walked through is where I walked through as a media person to walk through, to go through the metal detectors. They usually make you sign in, but they didn't even make him sign in or anything. They didn't check right. with anybody. He's fake clay. He usually has got to check. And guy goes, Hey clay, you know, get, go get him tonight. Go get him tonight. And he's like, we got this. We got this one. He's like walking through. He walks all the way to the court. He starts taking shots on the court because you can walk like you can, you can pretty easily without seeing a bunch of people go from that, that security media area to yeah. like straight to the court. Like it's, it's not super hard. There's like a bunch of hallways. And when it's the finals, like the NBA PR takes over instead of like the warriors PR. And so there's not, mm. I guess there's not as many people like around there. So fake clay got away with it because there's people there that don't usually recognize clay or know exactly who <laughs> fake clay is. But this, this, and then eventually fake clay got found out. He gets banned for life from chase center. He's, he said he spent $10,000 on tickets and it was totally worth it for him to be an NBA player for 10 minutes. But count it up. Count it up. How many times would it take if you're walking around Chase Center for fake clay to walk by you before you realize it's fake clay? See, here's the thing, right? The hoodie <laughs> sells it. I would never think it's Clay Thompson based on how the guy like looks and is built. No. I'd be like, "Oh, like No. I saw he Clay I saw Clay in the game yesterday. <laughs> He's not that big." <laughs> This guy's clearly been eating. So for me, like I had a reckon, but the hoodie, the hoodie makes it tough. Hoodie up makes it tough. If he's walking around hoodie up, I'll glance twice probably before I see fake, before I realize he's fake clay. And I think, yeah, I feel like it would take me two, maybe two times, but I think yeah. I would, I think if I saw clay Thompson, I would just be looking at him, right? Like see what, like trying to figure out what he's doing. And then I think I would notice the build, right? Like, wouldn't you think you'd is notice it, the is build? It fake clay, like six, two. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I, the first thing I'd have noticed is like, hey, Clay Thompson's not my height. Like he's <laughs> he's not like like I'm six even. Like yeah. I shouldn't be looking at your forehead right now. <laughs> and then and then also like Clay on deep dish pizza. Yeah, I'm saying he, he's he's a he's a bigger guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So this I, is not, I, it this wouldn't is, have took me that. This long. is not the man Michael Thompson raised. Yeah, you know, what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Mama. There goes that man. Uh, all right, we got a bonus one. Count it up. Which players in the NBA could most easily be doubled? So you, there's a there's players out there that you're like, oh, I see. I feel like I see that guy everywhere. That's easy because Clay is not an easy one to double. It feels like for somehow they found one. Who are the easiest guys in the NBA to double? First of all, I'm gonna start with Marcus Marcus and Markeith Morris. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one. Hey, that's it. That's an easy one. You cheated. Uh, <laughs> their parents did that for you. All the Zellers uh, and all the Plumleys. Yeah, they, basically. <laughs> <laughs> all the Zellers and Plumleys. I love that. Um, any Grant? No. Uh, 
No, the uh, holidays? Uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you this right. The holidays are definitely, they all look the same. You see them everywhere. They had to grow different facial hair to start looking different. <laughs> no, uh, the easiest one uh, for me, I got to give credit to Hayes over on Locked On Bulls as well, um, because you could also play this guy, Matt Thomas. <laughs> Matt Thomas from the Chicago Bull is every, like, 20 to 27-year-old white dude oh. ever. Like, Matt Thomas has got to be the easiest guy in the NBA for somebody to walk in and do fake Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas. Uh, one time I was standing, I was standing courtside at, for the, the, like, before the Mavericks, like, way early. And Kyle Korver was warming up. And this, <laughs> this guy on the sidelines goes, hey, is that your brother? And, like, thought that I was one of the Korvers because apparently there's, like, a bunch of Korvers. <laughs> You should have you just looked at Kyle and be like, eh, am I your brother? Is that what we're oh, doing man. here? That'd be great. Nah, dog, I'm telling you, you shave your head right now. You get, like, the, the military fade. Matt Thomas, you got it. All right. You're, in, the, you're in a Bulls game. Uh, I want to do this one. Steph Curry missed a three and didn't hit a three for the first time in 132 straight playoff games. Count it up. How many threes can Steph Curry miss? He missed nine in game five, and they still won. How many threes can Steph Curry miss, and the Warriors still win in game six? Uh, is game six Clay activated? Because he can miss all of them. Is it fake Clay? He's not banned from TD Garden. He can Ooh. go to Boston. Fake Clay could be in Boston. That would be dope. Where's That's got to be the next get, thing for him. I got my. That's my conspiracy theory music. <laughs> we got we got to set it up so it like slowly zooms in on <laughs> No, that that would be that'd be nice, right? You get you get you get fake clay in Boston, you know what I mean? Like he walks onto the court, gets banned from there as well. <laughs> Worth it. He's got 20 minutes of his life as an NBA. At that point, right? Like first off, if game 6 clay shows up, Steph can miss all of them and mm. they'll be good to go because game 6 clay is is that dude. He's a legend at this point. Yeah. Uh the the bigger question here is uh if if fake Clay shows up and gets banned, does Clay Thompson at that point have to meet this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's met him. I think they've they've acknowledged each other. Um, oh, okay, all right, all right. I think they've acknowledged each other. Uh, all right, let, let, let's do this last one here. Let's do it. ESPN's halftime show. There's a, a, a story written by Robbie Calland of the uh, Uprocks. I thought it was great, and I've seen this in Reddit a bunch. Like NBA Reddit mentions this probably like once every two weeks or so that ESPN's halftime show is awful and not just, and not just awful because they think Stephen A's takes are bad. Like say what you will about that, but the amount of time that they spend on actual content at the halftime show is so awful. This is what they did for game five. This is, this is the breakdown commercial break 30 second sponsored segment from DraftKings, where greenie asked Jalen Rose, who would be the top third quarter performer 30 seconds. Then they did a commercial break again, Two minutes of discussion in the first half of which uh, Jalen Rose, Stephen A., Michael Wilbon each got like 30 seconds to share their thoughts. Another commercial break and a 15 second thing of Stephen A. talking over like a slow-mo Jason Tatum video. And then another commercial break. That was what they did the entire halftime. So Count it up. how many TikToks is the actual content? That half the ESPN's halftime did. How many TikToks worth? Do you know how TikTok works with like? <sighs> yeah, I know. Uh, you you well. See, this is the thing, though. Hold on, because TikTok now has got a ten minute limit. So like, I I for on mine I have fifteen seconds, sixty seconds, and three minutes. Uh 
a 60 second. No, because you said they did a 233 minutes. <laughs> they can do they can they can put all of ESPN's halftime content in three TikToks. A 15 second with Stephen A's thing. They can do the 30 second sponsored one, and then they can do the two minutes that they did as a full TikTok. Like literally, you can you can get three TikToks of what ESPN's halftime show was. Anybody who ha ever <laughs> has the nerve to criticize what they do on TNT. Yeah, get out. Go jump in a lake no, because uh, it's like, get oh, out. Shaq's not funny. Charles isn't funny. He's not. He talks bad about the Warriors fans, dog. This mm. is what you get. This is what you get when mothers want to be too professional with the game of basketball. <laughs> get out of here, bro. It's awful. It's awful. <clears throat> There you go, guys. Go check out Locked On Mavs. We'll be talking all about the Christian Wood trade. A lot of stuff to break down in that one. So go check out Locked On Mavs. Go check out Locked On Bulls. The Zach Levine story seems like Zach Levine's coming back. I don't know why he wouldn't pass all that money. but <laughs> So go listen to those guys. And then also check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and uh, author of the NBA Big Board. Got great stuff every single day for you on the NBA Draft that's coming. The Rockets have another pick now, so you got to go check out them. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Adam Mares and Wes Goldberg to break down game six. They could be talking about a title for the Warriors. So go check it out, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown NBA. Boom!